Hello and welcome to the HA Book Club. I'm Summer O'Toole. I'm a romance author. With me, my co-host of the day is Shawnee from Shawnee Reads. And we have co-authors Bryn Weaver and Trisha Wolf of Marrow talking to us today about their new release. Hello. Hi. <laughs> Marrow is a rival serial killer academic dark romance funny enough it has forensic pathology and like a body farm in it which is what's going to be in book three of the fox series so i think this is going to be a really fun episode to talk about and our question to start it off is what is the last thing that you googled or researched that had your fbi agent looking at you sideways I thought of this question because my girlfriend's working from home today and I went to steal her headphones and she was, and I kind of looked what was on her computer and it was a YouTube video on how to disappear without a trace and nobody will ever find you. And she was like, this looks really bad. <laughs> it was one of, I think, like the CIA interview experts, you know, where it's like, how do use 20 disguises in three minutes by a cia like disguise master or something like that you know what i mean yeah Yeah, that sounds really interesting (laughs) i'm all like maybe i should google that (laughs) yeah shawnee what is what's on your fbi watch list the funny part is that it's actually related to mo with our friend angie and she was trying to figure out the size of a hyoid bull i had to like because she was she was like this episode i guess I like that. So I like when readers get really invested and they're like, I want to know these things. <laughs> yeah. I'm trying to think of what my last one was. I think it was plastination, which is a technique for preserving bodies like in the exhibit for body worlds. I think that's probably what it was, which in and of itself is not the worst thing. But when you stack it up with everything else that I've searched over the last, I don't know, two years, it looks a little bit damning because it's what's the dosage of midazolam and (laughs) how do you make a garrote and yeah, so it's not looking good for me. And I like to say that I have, because I'm Canadian, we have CSIS. So I have a CSIS agent named Francois. <laughs> He's very French. Yeah. See, you've named your agent, so I haven't yet. So he's just some random guy that likes to pop in every once in a while. <laughs> I feel like there's going to be an FBI agent serial killer romance coming soon featuring a main male character named Francois. <laughs> and yeah, and he's after this woman with a very damning history, search yeah. history, and he's trying to track her down. Yeah, there you go. It writes itself. <laughs> yeah. Let me see. So mine probably just this morning, I've been looking at this for the past week while I've been working on this last chapter. I have erotic, what is this? Now you have to just bear with me. I butcher everything, so I can't pronounce anything. I have no brain power. Erotocomatose lucidity. Because I've been having to research sex magic and how that plays into a scene. Again, not bad, but when you put that with the other stuff, like I was just Googling, (laughs) like for Marrow, I had to do a lot of Googling on like how to flay bodies and things like that. So um, I just had to do that again because I can't keep all, I can't retain everything in my brain. So I was Googling like 
okay, so if I flay this part, I do this, can I carve this, can I do that? And then I'm bouncing back and forth between that and sex magic. It just looks really bad. And it sounds like I'm having like rituals over here or something. Yeah, you're like articulating a body for your sex magic rituals, which, you know, isn't right. that how everyone spends their like Monday evenings? Yeah. If not, they should be. It's really just the deadline stress getting to you. You might be snapping. Yeah. She just said Monday, and I'm like, is it Monday? Is it Tuesday? What day is this? Like, like for five minutes, I had to freak out. <laughs> it's been like that for two weeks now. I had that exact same situation with my friend Kelsey last week. She was said something about it being Wednesday, and I was like, what? And then the next day, I texted her. I was like, imagine my surprise when I woke up and it was Thursday. Like, just blacking out. I was researching... Hyoid, bo- hyoid bones and carotid arteries yesterday so I guess we're all kind of the same <laughs> this is a very normal conversation for dark romance so yeah, yeah. we're all just um, like going with it yeah okay speaking of research I think we talked to Bryn and Alexa about this a little bit in the black sheep episode but when it comes to Jane, what's your guys' process? Because I feel like I research when I'm like at that paragraph and I'm like, oh, I should know this. But your guys' books seem so well and fleshed out. Do you do like a bunch of bulk research in the beginning or like how does that process go? I'll let Bryn take it first. Yeah, I think our processes are probably pretty different. Like, I think if I'm, we're both pantsers to start off with, so that at least is similar. So if I'm like going along and I think this book was maybe a little bit different. Black Sheep is an example when I was thinking about like Bria and the kinds of research that she specifically was doing about memory and long-term versus short-term memory, then I was like, oh, that's that would be interesting. I should look up like some papers. So I did like research on that before I, I wrote it, but it was like the idea came up as I was writing about her memory focus for her research. This one was different because at least for me, I have a history in forensics, so forensic archaeology. So a lot of that was like stuff that I knew from my master's degree. Not to say that I didn't look things up, but it was like more of a refresher until I got to, there was one little bit later on, which I won't spoil for you, but that I spent a day like researching some medical details. But yeah, some of it, this one was a little bit different just from, I guess you could say I researched for four years of a degree and then another year of my master's. But yeah, I don't know. Trisha's process, I think is pretty different than mine. Yeah, I mean, for Mara, because Bryn has background like in forensics and everything, and I don't have that background. So I did have to do more research up front. Not so much like a ton of research, but just because like I've written like from a criminologist point of view and everything before. So I had a little bit of knowledge there from previous books. But as far as like the body farm and being in the university and how all that would fit into everything, like from the professor's point of view. The psychological elements, like for, I didn't have to do so much like for the sociopath point of view, because I write from that perspective pretty much all the time in all my books. So I felt very comfortable. 
in that area. So I spent a lot more time, I think probably like just maybe about a month here and there researching and getting acquainted with body farms and the forensic element. And also to just like you said, like with the hyoid, like I had to learn a lot of stuff. There was things that I didn't understand about that and how that all worked. And when I was doing the research for it, that's when the idea came to me. And I'm like, oh my God, that fits so well with this character because it's this solo bone and he's this solo lone wolf like killer. So I actually love the research part of writing a book the most because I feel like that is where most of the ideas and the most of the creative part for me happens because it will spark new ideas. If I wait to do all my research like while I'm writing it, I feel like those ideas won't come until later, but I do research while I'm writing things if I have to know something specifically, but I leave about two months worth of research on something and build up all of my scenes. I'm a pantser. I'm a hardcore pantser, but I like to build the scenes out before I actually start writing the book. Wow. I could never. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say some, summer's, summer's research method is like the complete opposite of that, isn't it? A little bit. Yeah, sending out dick surveys. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like I have like whole notebooks, like just stacked notebooks like all over my house. Most of, a lot of that stuff doesn't get used in the book, but it's like I have to have a sense of what I'm going to write before I write it. Like when I go in and start writing that character, I want to feel like I'm comfortable in their skin, that it sounds realistic, but a lot of it doesn't get used. I admire it so much. I sort of, you know, you were saying that you've written serial killers before or like psychopath and all that. How did you end up being like having those characters at the center of so many of your of your novels? I'm just going to be real honest and say I'm not real good at romance. <laughs> so this is something that I'm honest with my readership about. I was honest with Brent about when we were talking about doing this. I'm much more comfortable in the thriller psychological element of writing from the plot and everything. But I love romance. I love reading romance. I enjoy it. I just have a hard time connecting to write the romance. So I think I fell into it naturally because sociopaths naturally have shallow effect. So it's difficult for them to experience. So I'm comfortable there because I can relate to that while writing romance. So it just happened naturally. Amanda was saying, Amanda, one of the like readers who's read both of our stuff and she's a TikToker and she was like, we were messaging back and forth about the book and she's like, your styles are similar and like the way, like the types of books that you write are similar, <laughs> but Trisha's like dark and stormy and you're like dark <laughs> and glittery. And I was like, that is the most accurate representation of us writing this book where I'd be like, glitter! And Trisha would be like, less glitter. <laughs> glitter in the carpet it doesn't come out like some glitter in there because you're never going to get it out anyway <laughs> no that is very true there were some times when I actually felt bad because brain naturally like just has this very like happy disposition and everything's and this is not saying that this is bad it's not a bad thing like I love her to death but she's just she's just very positive and we can do this and we can do this and I'm like dragging this with me and I can see her sometimes. <laughs> it just would get like, because I'm a very like angry and violent writer. And I just go to very dark places when I'm writing. <laughs> and I just felt like I was just almost like breaking her heart at some point. <laughs> I, I, I think that that works really well. And it's, as 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 I was reading Marrow, it's yeah. very, it's it's always surprising to me how funny some of these books can be. 
when and you can tell like when the writer is having fun with the story and the characters and it was and i was having a conversation again with angie we were at and our friend val we're going back and forth and we're like why is it so cozy <laughs> yes trisha does not love this so this is like one of my favorite things that i keep seeing it pop up everywhere cozy, like, cozy dark it's cozy dark i'm like yes yes trisha's like Ugh. like she's getting my eyes cozy dark she's like, but i like it in my dark hole glitter is coming girl getcha with the cozy dark i think it's like it it's there's it's an it's not that it's not dark, but I think with Kyrie and Jack both, they're both like so comfortable being who they are as characters and like have like fully accepted the darkness. So then it's like their their baseline is the darkness, but they enjoy what they're doing. They find joy in what they're doing as like as easy as that is. I think like that's sort of where the cozy vibe comes in, being like I you're right. You're right. Because like a lot of times, like with the darker characters, they're usually fighting. Themselves. They, they don't. <laughs> they don't. They don't like, they just go for and it. And it's like, uh, particularly when they're doing sort of the cat and mouse game of like, um, and I'm trying to very non-spoilery, but where, where they're like, come up each other in moments and it's sort of like, oh, it's you. It's like, it's like running a friend at a bar is not what is happening, you know? Um, yeah. And I think that's what like, it just gave me like, um, it made me giggle a lot of this, which is like, it's hard to explain. I was trying to explain this to my husband when, when he, he would, he would be like, Oh, like, what are you reading? I'm like, Oh, it's this like serial killer romance. And he's like, what? And like, he, he just can't wrap his brain around, around it. And I was like, take Dexter, but it's two people and they have like no problems. Like there's no like internal struggle. And then he's adorable. got great gift giving skills. Excellent. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. He's very thoughtful. Even yeah. when he, and I would own. have to say that a lot of that did come from Bren. Like I said, I depend, I leaned on her for the romance element because, and again, not going to do like spoilers or anything. And she's like, you know, what if we had him do this? And I'm just, but why would he do that? My brain couldn't under comprehend because I'm like, but he's killing people. For I just wanted flaying of bodies and deflating. <laughs> touching things <laughs> but it's but i realized that while riding with brinlet that sometimes it's the little things sometimes the, i think we can say the changing of the carpet or something a lot of this stuff has been mentioned like on tiktok and everything so i don't feel like it's super spoilery but like things like that like things like i probably wouldn't really think of too much of a guy doing for a girl when it comes to my relationship with my husband i'm definitely more the dude i guess you can say like i'm not trying to be like offensive or anything but I am. I'm just, I'm very tough and very like focused on things. I feel like it's the bigger gestures. I'm going to go kill this guy and flay him for you. So that proves my love to you. And Brent's like, well, we could just do a little bit. <laughs> They're like, this is the ultimate act of service. Come on. <laughs> so I think that was very well balanced for the characters. For sure. For sure. What was the co-writing process like for you guys versus I think Trisha, you've had other co-writing books before, correct? No, this is my first one. This is your first one, okay. And Bryn, you have, as we know. So, what was how was the co-writing process? I guess I was like a new co-writer. So, I honestly I was nervous because again, I write in a very dark, gloomy kind of thing. But also, too, like I I was worried that I wouldn't be able to keep up, basically. So, I was very worried all the time, very nervous, like going into it because I was like. 
a lot of people are like, how did you guys do this? And I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> I still don't know. But I think because we're both pantsers and we just jumped into it together. And Brynn's like, I'll take the first chapter. And I'm like, okay, so I'll take the second chapter. She's like, I'll take this character. I'll take this character. So I think naturally it just happened. And as we were doing it, it felt like a little bit for me, at least writing prompts. So again, I'm three days out from deadline. Okay. And what happens with me with being a pantser no matter the amount of research that I do, a lot of times I won't even, or I'll have an idea and I'll write my book one way, okay? And then I'll get to the last three chapters and all of a sudden a character will do something or say something that will change who the protagonist is. And I'm like, oh. <laughs> so I'm like, but that does work so much better. So then here I am three days out or a week, whatever, to deadline, I'm going back and rewriting elements of half my book. We didn't have that issue with this book. And that was really nice. So it felt again, like I was given like really clear chapters ahead of time that I could just like bounce off of. And there was things that she would put in there that I'm like, Oh my God, I didn't think about that. I can play off of that here. And I think that worked for her too. When we were like, cause there was that one character who was the antagonist, agent Hayes. So he was able to just work in kind of a way where it allowed the characters, I feel, to focus more on themselves, more on the romance. So he was more of a device where in like a book solo for me, he probably would have popped out of the woodwork somewhere at the end of the book to do something, to change something. But because it was more centered on them and their character growth in the romance, I felt like it just, it worked a lot easier to keep the focus on that and didn't derail me down the line, if that makes sense. So I wasn't derailed yeah. as much during the process. Yeah, absolutely. I like the idea of it being like prompts and you're like jumping into sort of a new story every time. It reminds me of that yeah. game that you would play as like a kid where you'd roll a ball back and forth and you, each person would say a word. Okay, yeah, yeah, no, yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> you like build a string of stories. Yeah. And I'd say there's some similarities, like the intimidation factor, because Trisha has been in the game for a while. I think it's what, 15 years that you've been published now and a lot of books. So like for yeah. me going in, I wasn't sure if, yeah, you're just not sure if it's, oh, what if they hate everything that I write? I'm kind of also, I recognize the fact that I'm a bit of a bulldozer. So I'll just go in and bam, I'll just keep going and just one of these like a dump truck that can't be stopped going down a hill so I'd be like I'm writing the first chapter and then I'd be talking to my husband about am I coming on too strong because now I'm like going on to the third chapter <laughs> I just keep going and I'd have to keep telling Trisha to stop me if I'm getting to be too much because I won't stop otherwise I'll just I will say Bren is a very fast writer compared to me I'm happy if I get 500 words a day and Bren's I finished this chapter like in two hours I'm like fuck <laughs> but like I said it was fine though because again like we took like each of us had a character and stuff like that so I think that it was okay because we talked in between the scenes so she knew what was coming in between the scene for her next scene so it wasn't like anything got left out or skipped over what I really loved about the process which was it's so different from doing a co-author or a project like Black Sheep, where I was like, I was technically like writing everything, but it was like the ideas and the the plot that we did together. Not to say like Alexa did do some bits of dialogue and stuff, but like really the writing was 
just continuous. I was just continuously doing it. This was different and super fun because as a writer, yeah, I was writing curious chapters, but then I would receive a chapter from Trisha that you know, I would already know what Jack was going to encounter because I was writing like in his future, but I did not know how he was going to relate to what was going on or what he was going to say or what he was going to do. I'm reading the book, half of the book, as I'm writing half of the book. And that was so fun to the point that it got towards the end. I was a little too obsessed with it. <laughs> but like part of the process too is that Trisha will frame her chapters out a little bit differently than I do. Like I'll tend to just write the entire chapter and Trisha will go in and sometimes she'll write herself a note and and then she'll come back to that bit. And oh, so you can it's, say it's hacked. I write hacked chapters. Like it looks like a, like I've slaughtered the screen. She <laughs> does as, as the person who loves her is that she will leave it almost like a cliffhanger. And then it'll be, oh yeah, I'll, I'm going to do this thing. And I'll come back to that one in a few days. So I would be obsessing about <laughs> what is the to do like she left me oh, what was that one thing you kept saying oh yeah like during oh, the end like God. there was something where he touched her wrist at the end or something and oh and that's yes. right I was like he touches her wrist and then he's but before I go here I have to make a quick stop and literally for a week from was like where the fuck is he going and then she went and worked on something else like a different chapter so she like left that one for maybe a week and I was just like in a corner rock <laughs> <laughs> and she kind of changed. she was like no, but seriously, where's he going? I'm like, Brynn, I don't know yet. Like, <laughs> I, I really don't. <laughs> That's really interesting that you guys sort of like kept each other in like suspense or secret. So it's it's not that you're just coming up with a with the character and the story together, but it's that you also get to be readers for each other. Yes. That's fascinating. And that was fun for me too, because Brynn is just... When I read Black Sheep for the first time, I literally put the book down and I looked at my husband. I'm like, I'm going to write a book with this author one day. I swear, like I said that. And then I messaged one of my friends, Deb, who's been one of my beta readers. She's a friend of mine too. And I said, Deb, go read this book right now. She's like, well, I'm, like, I'm going to write a book with this author. <laughs> like I just already knew it was going to happen. And it did. Within two weeks, Bernie and I were on TikTok and we were talking with another reader. And that reader was like, you guys should write a book together. And I'm like, yeah, I know. I've been saying that. And, and it was, is, that, is that how you guys sort of like found each other? Yes. Yeah. Like, you decided you were just like, we're just going to do this. Yeah. Like I just felt such a connection to her writing and the way that she presented Bria in Black Sheep. I just, like I said, I, it's a rare thing that I just feel like that connected to characters and to write. I'm just a huge fan of writing technique style. I'm just a big old nerd. And I just, I fell in love with Bryn's writing. I, and I was just like, I'm, yeah, like I want to work with her. I've been doing this again for 15 years. And I think that this was probably the first time where I was like, I want to do this. <laughs> and again, it was really intimidating. It's scary because she is such a talented writer that I at times felt like I don't know if I'm going to be able to keep up. But but yeah, I just I love being able to read in between writing the chapters as well, too, because it just it was just so inspirational. Like I learned a lot through this whole process from her as well. Oh my gosh, so did I. Yeah, so did I. And I think our styles are quite similar, which is, I think, why, in my mind anyway, Mero really works, is that our styles are very similar, but it's still a unique point of view. So when you're doing the switch in the point of view from like Kiri to Jack, you can hear their separate voices, but it still meshes together. And yeah, I think it was definitely on TikTok where we first 
started talking. And I remember very distinctly that Trisha had commented on a video that I had on Black Sheep. And I remember turning to my husband with my phone in my hand and going like, oh my God, oh my God, Trisha Wolf, like Black Sheep, what the fuck? Yeah. And he was like, seriously? Yeah. Pretty cool. And then I think it was, oh, who put us together? I can't remember. All of a sudden, it's just flown out of my brain, my jet-lagged brain. I, I know. I do the same thing. I'm horrible with names. I'm so bad with names. This is why I won't even use people's names. <laughs> like, all I just butcher them so bad. I want to say something with red in there. Yeah. But I, as soon as I see the image pop up, I'll be like, oh my God, there she is. But yes, I do the same thing. My brain on deadline can't even retain anything at this point anyway yeah and she was like she i think we both commented on one of her videos or she tagged us both maybe and then was like hey you guys should work together we're like yeah we should work together (laughs) and that's how it started yeah i love that because i think somebody also shared like a post with black sheep and make me and i think i was like i love our savvy women together and they're like do it (laughs) yeah (laughs) I still would love to write a book with you. I would too. I think that would be super fun. Yeah. Yeah. I love this idea of you guys are like each a different character. So you like know the bigger story, but you don't know what's in the other person's head, which is like authentic to how a reader or like how the characters would experience it themselves. Yeah. As a reader, you get the big point of view, but as the actual character you wouldn't. So I think that's such a fun idea. Yeah. And I think we obviously didn't do it completely siloed either. If I would send Trisha a chapter, she would go through and if something didn't sound like Jack, then she would change it. So it did. But I think you're absolutely right. And it's fun that way too, because then you are, it is more realistic in some ways because you're curious seeing Jack through her own eyes and Jack is seeing carry through his and yeah I don't know it's just your oh my words are escaping me now all of a sudden because like the jet lag is setting (laughs) (laughs) it's more realistic in the way that we view the world too Uh, it's not like we're hopping into each other's brains right now I just think that these characters uniquely worked very well for it too again like Bryn definitely is the more sunshine and I'm definitely the more grump. <laughs> so we were already pitted in a position to frame those characters that way. So it worked really. Because I won't even lie. There was times when Jack was like, I'm going to strangle her and stuff her in a body locker. And I'm like, I'm going to strangle Carrie and stuff her in a body locker. Because of the bubbliness that couldn't be contained at times. Because it was so opposite than what I'm used to. But no, I'm just joking. Like, I love Carrie. I do. I love her to death. But oh, yeah, yeah, but I let, you know him feel those feelings because that's very different for someone like him <laughs> to experience but I don't know yeah I think that just well, helped them work what, yeah and that's part of what starts cracking through his shell too right is that he's he has hated that bubbly part of it but that's not everything there's more to that story too right yeah so I think that he hates it about himself that as yeah. she's gotten it under his skin because that disrupts his whole routine everything that he's done to build a very secure life for himself to stay hidden and that is what he just doesn't want to allow himself to experience because then he has to change and who the fuck wants to change you know that's a very difficult thing yeah there's there's that one one quote that i don't i don't remember it exactly but it's like you're an 
a terrible inconvenience in my life or something <laughs> like that. And it's like, I feel, I, I feel that way about a lot of people in my life, but, I'm, <laughs> I, but it's like, it's such a good description of it where it's like, everything is like just set. And then this like disruption comes in, but you're like, Oh, but I can't let go of you because I actually really do like you. Yeah. So. And him, like being a, frustration. him being a sociopath too, he's already set to obsess about it. Of course he has yeah. to go like breed all the flowers and all the things to obsessively just thinking about her and wanting to hate her. I think, I don't know. It was very yeah. different than stuff that I typically write. Again, like I, I exist, I dwell in the dark. Being able to like have these very light, tender moments between the characters too. I liked it. I loved it. So the glitter's not all bad. Yeah, no, it's not all bad. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm safely in the darkness over here. <laughs> and it's on record that she said the glitter's not all bad. No, but I think it does like for both of us, probably it, it, is a super effective way to write, right? Because I have a tendency to get too glittery and it just, yeah, it just balanced out what I typically do. That would be not self-sabotaging. It's not like I'm putting in the glitter because I want to screw myself over, but I just have a tendency to go a little bit too glittery. And so it was a great process because Trisha really understands like the sociopathic mind and like she's really able to temper some of my tendencies for glittering things and glittering what people say when it wouldn't actually fit that character and then likewise like I think I, I bring because I'm bringing the glitter and the romance then that evens it out on her and too so I think yeah just combined together I feel like Marrow is to me just a really special book and hopefully people agree and that's not just all in my head, but I'm super happy with how it turned out. I just love it. Yeah. Yeah, no, I agree everything that you said. Like it's just this perfect like combination and I think it's something special. Yeah. Yeah. And as a writer too, I think process wise, it's really great because yes, it's always hard to write a book. But in this way, it's a lot easier because you're, A, you're writing like half a book, which is nice. Not to say that I don't, like I love writing a full book, but it's also that if you encounter a bit of an issue, it's what Trisha was saying earlier, but there, there weren't times where we went back through and scrapped a whole bunch of stuff or felt like, oh shit, like we really took it down the wrong road because we're talking about it. And if one of us encounters an issue and we're like, oh, I don't know, I have this idea. What do you think about it? We can talk it through. And that's, that's resolved so much faster than if you're trying to struggle through it on your own. Like having somebody else to do that with makes the whole process so much more streamlined. And I think we probably would have finished the book even faster than we did. And it was a pretty fast write, but we were both super sick when we started. We were both doing other books and there was Christmas in between as well, which is always just a total shit show. And I had all this work travel, like I'm literally in Sydney right now. So I just think if those factors, especially the health stuff for both of us, which was like, we were both really down for the count for the first little while. If that hadn't have been in play, like we would have been finished this book pretty fast, I would say. Yeah, even me writing as slow as I write. <laughs> like, I think it it moved a lot faster than typically than I even do it. Just because, again, like you said, like being able to be able to work out all those elements ahead of time. Like I was finishing chapters faster than I typically do because I 
literally have to sometimes grit my teeth through a chapter and plow through it to work through those issues. And I didn't feel that same level of just resistance and friction. with yeah. So because like right now, writing this one chapter, I've been working on literally for three days. I'm, you can just tell like I'm gritting my teeth trying to work through the issues. Um, I didn't experience that resistance with him. It was nice. Yeah, I imagine that like when you get stuck or, you know, or you're not liking something, you're like, why isn't this working? You have an automatic sounding board with your co-writer. So you don't, you don't have to sit in the dark cave by yourself <laughs> with the chapter <laughs> clenching your teeth together. So I, yeah. I, I makes total sense that it would be much like faster and smoother from a writing perspective. I rely so much so much <laughs> on my alpha reader shawnee is one of them keep me the book i'm currently writing i it has been the hardest book i've ever written not that i've written like a bazillion but for the good first half it's been like pulling teeth and the characters like all my other previous characters dropped into my head fully formed i knew them inside and out before i started writing like in any most of the hang-ups i'd get would be on like oh, does this plot point make sense or, like, logistically, how are we going to do this? But with this one, I had to scrap the first four chapters because everyone was like, the way Roan is acting is not how you described him at all. And I was, like, all over the place. So having somebody who can be in the trenches with you, I don't know how I ever did before. <laughs> God, four chapters, my heart literally just... I was like, oh, wow. <laughs> but I've been there. I've been there. And it's painful. But when, when something's not working and you know you can sit there, it a lot of times it takes three times the amount of time to try to fix something than it is just to start over. But to actually get rid of those words, it's like cutting out, like cutting off a limb or something. <laughs> Luckily, I could reuse some of it. And then a lot of it was just... The, uh, adding like a few chapters before one of these like events where everybody was like, "What do past?" <laughs> I I also you know just not that I'm actually doing any other writing, but you when you started writing when you were writing make me and then hate me, you kept being like, Roan is not clear to me. Like what's his deal. And then when you started writing Roan, we were all like, yeah, he's not clear summer. Who is this guy? (laughs) (laughs) But I think you're getting there. I think you're getting, I think it's, I think it's moving along. It'll be good. Yeah. Once I found out, like why he's the way he is because he's like the grumpy brother he's always like pissy and everyone's kind of shitting on him and like once I gave him like a trauma or like a reason why he's (laughs) like that not just because he's like a whiny little baby it definitely helps yeah writing from those characters point of view can be very difficult just because they can just be I can't think of the word now like they don't have a range like when they have a limited range mm-hmm. that it can actually, you would think oh, that's really easy because all you have to do is focus on this one emotion. It's hard for a character to only focus on one emotion. So unless mm-hmm. you're a psychopath, it gets, <laughs> yeah. it gets tiresome when everything they like encounters. Oh, I hate people. Yeah. Or then they don't have any depth, right? Yeah. Right. It's like, yeah. you, you just have this like flat character whose reaction to everything is the same. And then you need, you need that moment when it sort of breaks just like, theory is for Jack in Meryl where it's like that's where he gets really interesting 
because he gets that depth and the sort of the internal conflict for him. Yeah. For people who were who are listening who don't understand what you mean when you say adding glitter. For people maybe who haven't read your books yet, how would you describe that? Because I can imagine people seeing this being like, is she just throwing glitter. Because <laughs> <laughs> they're actually like, just go. Glitter. I would say go look at her newest cover that she has on Instagram. <laughs> I know it's so, so what, cute. What is it? The cupcake. What is the name of the book? Uh, everyone calls the cupcake the poison. The pastry poison pastry. 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 That's it. So I would yeah. say go look at that cover. That's all glitter. <laughs> Or like, what's an example of something that you like added glitter to, or Trisha was like too much glitter? Mm, without a spoiler, Trisha, do you have an example? I might have an example, but I bet there might be one. I would say our biggest thing where we were like very politely butting heads, where we were like, <laughs> there was like a point where I could feel her resistance, and I'm sure she was over there going. That fucking bitch I just want to do this and uh, we were very politely smiling like trying to get through this scene and and it happens everybody's gonna have especially with creative types especially I've been doing this solo for 15 years I'm very set in my weights I would have to say and it probably wouldn't be a huge spoiler because it's romance the I love you debacle is what I have called it (laughs) (laughs) would he or wouldn't he tell Carrie that he loved her became a thing that we were going back and forth on. So I'll let you explain that. Yeah. And it was at a specific point (laughs) in the book as well. Yeah. That would definitely be. So that's where like, I, I think to your question, Summer, about glitter, that's what like my glitter is like the romancy element. So things like, and I know this has been talked about already, even on this recording, but like the carpet thing or... Oh, oh the birthday. Actually, I would say, okay, the not- epilogue. Okay, when you're doing the epilogue and you're like, I just want to keep going. So it's going to be her birthday and he's going to give her presents and he's going to do this. And I'm just like, <laughs> I'm like, yeah, yeah. And, you're like, uh, <laughs> and I'm like, it can't be her birthday and this and everything all at once. Take not it yet. down a notch. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. So that's where if the, if I spill the glitter, it's, oh my God, it's everywhere. It's, oh, now it's her birthday. And now it's and blah, blah, blah. So yeah, that's what that is. Just like elements of romance. But I will say that the flowers was not me. The flowers was Trisha. And so if she's saying, I, don't nobody. I have no romantic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah little things like that I would say and sometimes big things that really don't fit with the story so we check them out (laughs) (laughs) when she just all of a sudden creates like a cat cafe recipe I think that like I said like Bryn said before like when she got to the near the end of the book she was like very like obsessive like with it because we all get that way with our books like when we get to the end you were just like unless like you're out on a deadline you're just exhausted and you're like just end already please end before I kill you which is where I'm at the point but Bryn just she was just very in love you know wanting to just express how much that they have come together and I could feel that on her side like I almost felt like I was like like I said breaking her heart a little bit when I was like let's pick one element let's pick just one element and focus on that because I can't even remember the original epilogue that everything that it had in there but there was like 
three or four different like presents and it just it kept being like Jack just kept giving and giving and giving and I'm, I'm like okay he's still a psychopath he's pick pick one element but I think that's just because of her love for it wanting to experience that have them share that with each other that she just kept giving and giving because Brynn is very giving she that is her nature by default I think is to be very giving if you really like books where they just give gifts and you're like dying inside in terms of it's so cute read taken to veraxia it's like an alien sci-fi romance the world building is absolutely beautiful but there's like a cultural difference with gifts and like by the end i was like crying (laughs) (laughs) so let me look this up right now I'm doing it. I'm putting it in my notes right now, actually, because that kind of sounds like my jam. But see, that was an introduction for me, too, because I didn't understand how the gift giving was such a part of romance. Again, because if my husband comes home and he, like, brings me something or does something, it's like I just – I don't know how to relate to that. That I learned that from Brent because I didn't understand that side of the romance part of it, so – have you recently started writing romance or and have you been doing like, other stuff for the previous 15 years? No, I'm sorry. Uh, did that seem... That, I no, it's, it's just funny because... Yeah, no. No, I've been writing it since, I want to say, 2023. I started in young adult, young adult fantasy, which has subplot of romance, obviously. But I think I, I pulled my first full romance book out in 2014, I think. That's when it came out. 2013, no, 2013. Yeah, it's just, but mm, I don't know. It's a hard market. If you, I have one psychological thriller that I tried to launch, and it did not work. So um, it's a very hard market to launch just strictly into psychological thrillers. So, um, but I just, like I said again, I love romance. I want. I just don't want all romance. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think one of the I really fell for. Devon I really loved, which is Trisha's book. Thank you. Uh, and then Black Sheep. Also, I, I don't want to stress you out since you're on deadline, but that, you know, sequel to Lovely Bad Things. It's, it's I'm working on Lovely Bad Things. <laughs> I'm truly not trying to stress you out, but I'm very Did you excited see the tears? For, for the second one. <laughs> but I think that all have, like, because they have sort of like the darkness and the plot that is not quite as like standard when it comes to romance where it's it's a little bit outside like there's a little bit more outside of the couples um <coughs> excuse me um which i it's just unique and i find it really fascinating where it's like i usually want more because it's you know like sports romance is cute and all that but i i, I like the depth that those like darker stories thank have. you and, and it's taken a really long time to find that readership <laughs> I can say that there. You, if I could have gone full into romance, if I was able to actually write that, I think my career would have been different through the years. But even when I tried really hard to do that, it came out wrong. Even the readers would feel that it's wrong because I have written books where I tried to go full in and just focus on the romance element, and readers were like, "No, nah, we don't really like this." And I'm like, "I don't blame you. That sucked. I fucking hated it." <laughs> So I, when I got to that point with lovely bad things, when I was like, I'm just going to write this that I just want to write for myself and I'm just going to write it. Nobody wants to read it. That's okay. I'm just going to write this one for myself. And that's when I released it. And then somehow it found the right audience that were like, okay, yeah, we like this. Give us this. And I'm like, 
oh shit, I got two other books to write in between like the sequel because I didn't expect readers to actually want that. But it's nice though. I love that they love that because that gives me the freedom to actually write more of what I, where I'm comfortable writing. I'm much more comfortable again in the psychological thriller elements with the subplot of, or not the subplot, because Halen and Callum's relationship is very obsessive. But again, their thing, I think is it more border, it more with obsession versus love, if that makes sense. Yeah. So I'm much more comfortable with the psychological element with the obsession than the actual real feelings of love. So if I can do that and readers are like, yeah, you can do that. Thank you. I'm happy. (laughs) Just let me do that. You can you can certainly do that. Um, I think it's I think the idea of romance as sort of this like lesser genre or or a subgenre of literature is I think the, a lot of times people who don't really understand romance or or aren't really big romance readers just say the thing that you know there's no plot. It's just like the couple getting together. Yeah, that's not it at all. Like I said, I love romance. I just have a hard time writing it it's not easy to write two characters that you believe are actually in love that's probably one of the hardest things i think to do so it's not lesser yeah. it's just i lack the ability to do that so again yeah i just think that like people's people's understanding of romance is so yeah. narrow and that when you when you get narrow or black sheep or whatever where they're really fascinating and you get surprised not by the couple or them getting together but the story itself yes i think that's sort of like i wish more people read because they they would understand there's so much more depth um maybe i'll have to force my husband <laughs> to read black sheep or um or marrow um he did try it was like he's explained i spy barbarians wait he, what? yeah he loved <laughs> love i spy barbarians he did he did i mean he's a sci-fi reader in yeah. general so but it was just funny because he was just like why does it start like this? Why does it stop the epic? How else would it start? <laughs> Someone's not getting kidnapped. He did, he, he did. He did also start with Den of Vipers as his first ever Ooh. romance book, which is a which is a bad idea. And I told him, I was like, "Why would you do this to yourself?" Yeah. And then he he did not. It is literally the first book in his life that he has DNF'd. So, <laughs> but maybe I can get him to dabble into the thriller, thriller, thriller romances. Um, because that's also something that he would he likes I am so glad Trisha that you mentioned like that the one most challenging things is creating like soulmates or people that are like meant to be and in love and have reasons for all these like big emotions and sacrifices because the one thing that me and Gabby will like consistently get in like heated arguments about we're like we're actually mad at each other not just like hungry is (laughs) like the fact that I like don't want to watch sad movies because I think they're stupid and I'm like literally why would I go through all this pain for nothing yeah (laughs) and I I feel like sometimes there can be like doing something really tragic or shocking at the end and it leaves you like really sad and like heartbroken is somehow profound is like a false equivalency you know what I mean like it's really easy to kill somebody off in a brutal tragic way but it's actually hard to make people who were enemies and want to kill each other to then somehow caring for each other and having it wrap up in a believable way despite all the obstacles that you've put into the rest of the book right 
Oh, sorry. Let me just calm down. <laughs> but I think it's, I'm so glad you said that because I think a lot of times people think, oh, it's easy if you know how it's going to end. No, because when someone thinks it's easy and they go in and they try to write it easy, and it doesn't feel yeah. easy and it doesn't feel good, it feels juvenile. And there's a difference. So I hate to say that, okay. but it's true. Writing romance is a hard, it's hard. <laughs> Silly question from Meryl. Of course. Um, as, as you might know, um, I'm obsessed with dogs and I always love it when dogs have a side character, um, or like, or books have dog as like a character, proper character, not just like a dog who's around. Um, who came up with Cornetto's name? Me. Okay. (laughs) Why is his name Cornetto? That is such a great question. I'm so glad somebody asked that because I really love Hot Fuzz, the movie Hot Fuzz, which is part of the trilogy. Yeah. So that's why his name is Cornetto because it came that, like my love of Hot Fuzz. Okay. That's really fun because um, for American listeners, Cornetto is an ice cream. It's like yes. an ice cream cone. I don't know if you can get it in the States. I don't think you can. Um, but growing up was my favorite ice cream. And is it? Was it? Like, yeah, because it was because it's it, it it was like it's like a fancy ice cream cone that you can get. And just the idea of this dog named Cornetto, I was just like, this is hilarious, <laughs> and I love it so much. I mean, I I sort of guess that it was Bryn because it is like that is a very good example of your like glitter. But every single every single thing it was. Every single time it was like, oh, like, oh, I went for a run with Cornetto. And I'm just like, imagine, like, in my mind immediately, Kiri is running with an ice cream cone. <laughs> but I know, I know, I know it was. Yeah, no, that's just, more glitter I, because I don't have animals in my books because, again, psychopathic serial killers can't have animals. <laughs> when Bryn just like brought this animal and I'm like, okay, but it's Kiri. It's okay. That's allowed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I do get that dog. I mean, here. In my head, anyway, and we didn't ever really explore it, but he's totally cool with her hunting lifestyle. Like, he's he's down with it. I think he would be, have a little bit of psychopathic tendencies himself. And he is, that is why, and I'm not spoiling anything for you, Summer, but that is why she has him is because he is a hunting dog. Named after ice cream. Have you seen Hot Fuzz before at all, Sean? Yeah. 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 They say you never know how your book might affect someone. (laughs) (laughs) Might remind them of their childhood. The serial killer romance might remind them of their childhood and eating ice cream. See? (laughs) Look, I didn't say I didn't also like dwell in the dark. (laughs) Yeah, that's true. You can have both. See, for sure. I feel like this is a lovely note to wrap up on. And then going forward, what can we get little either like anything you can tell us about what's coming out next for you i'm i'm working on lovely violent things which is the second book to lovely bad things and then i'm immediately going into lovely wicked things and i feel like there there was like someone commented on a name was a tiktok or something someone they're like the duet's almost done i'm like oh shit someone thinks it's a duet like I felt really and then like I started looking there was a few people who did I'm like 
nowhere it said duet. So now I have to do this like hard like announcement where there's going to be a book three because it was always like a three book series, but I have to immediately go into that. But I will go immediately into this one. So it won't take eight, nine, 10 months to develop <laughs> the next book. I actually already have chapter one and half of chapter two of Lovely Wicked Things finished. So I have a good launch point in there. So I'm hoping to turn that around in three to four months. I think I'm like maybe two, no, maybe a third of the way into my cupcake one. Um, chock full of glitter. So I need to finish that. I was really hoping I could get it done by the end of April, but this work travel has just been like super intense. So I don't know if that's going to be feasible, but I think like by the end of May would be feasible. And I'm like tinkering with some other little side projects as well, like just to see if they have legs. I haven't really landed too heavily on any big scenes or big interactions with the characters, which is like how I start out. If I see some scenes, then I can build on that. And usually if I have like about six chapters worth of just ideas in my head, um, then I feel like I can like make something, but I don't know. And it would be a serial killer thing, I think, but I just have to tinker a bit more. I need to finish the pastry one first. I think I need to just focus on one thing at a time. Um, without people thinking that you're writing a cookbook or a <laughs> dessert book, do you want to give us a snippet or like uh, just like a little summary of what the book is actually about? Yes, thank you. Who runs a bakery with her best friend. But where they run this bakery is it is a why choose. It is a woman who is a retired assassin, retired young, associated with the group that she used to work with as an assassin. So she's like a vendor. So she's still, even though it is a proper bakery, she was exceptional with poisons. So she also sells poisoned pastries, hence the name. So she and her best friend are running this bakery. She's got a guy in there who is a pastry chef in training. He's one of the three guys. The kind of inciting incident, and I'm not giving anything away really, is that her ex-boyfriend shows up injured at her bakery as she's closing it down. So she has to basically rescue him. But to do that, she puts herself in a position of she's probably going to have to get back into the game and into being an assassin again. And then there's a third guy as well who is somehow connected with them in some way, but he's a civilian and he is a sex toy designer, uber rich. And he makes like <laughs> styled like dildos and stuff for her. So yeah. It's like super random and I just like, I don't know, just mashed it together. I was like, I want to do something silly and fun, but still dark, but funny and glittery and like just mash it all together. And, see what and we might add that like she, you started writing this when I was over here going darker, darker, darker. And I felt like, <laughs> and I felt like this was like Bryn going, I'm rebelling and I'm, look at this cover. <laughs> Yeah, I need to get it out. I need to put it somewhere. So I'm going to put it on this thing with a cupcake and like stars all over the cover. <laughs> that's yeah. like literally what it's like, a cupcake with like stars everywhere. <laughs> like blue and pink. And yeah, I glitter on it yeah I, I remember when Bryn like in a in a VM or something over Instagram told me like the what the premise or whatever and I was like oh it's like a dark romance written by Lisa Frank got it 
Like, but no, in all seriousness, I, I think I've read the first two to three chapters. So it's badass as always. So yeah, readers are going to eat it up. So it's good. And I'm hoping that me and Bren, like in the future too, can continue. I would like to be able to send her my books and be like, tell me what's wrong. Tell me where to fix it. And she can do the same thing. Give me Because honestly, like I just want to read her books. So <laughs> just send them to me to read early. And, and I'm, I'm hoping we can continue to like bounce things back and forth. Yeah. Yeah. Because Trisha also helped when I was at the end of A Queen of Broken Realms and I was like really stuck on a few points and I was like regretting every life choice <laughs> I had ever made. At that point. <laughs> I was like, I don't know what to do with these stupid stones. Like, I just want to put those butts. And she was like, no, have you thought of doing this? And just help me through it. Because we were just about to start like writing marrow and yeah so trisha was an enormous help of just like keeping my sanity and not putting the stones up everyone <laughs> <laughs> i was there yeah it's even in the acknowledgments of that book is thank you trisha because you saved me from putting stones up. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this has been so fun i'm so excited to get back into reading marrow and to read everything else you guys have coming out. Now I feel like I'm going to like hyperfixate on reading this book instead of finishing my own book <laughs> not to do and like, like twitching. <laughs> um, yeah, I was at, I started this week at 34,000 words. And usually my books are like, these books have been about like 80 to 90. Yeah. And it's due April 4th. So. You make my, like I'm such a slow writer. <laughs> now you get to write Spice. So it'll go faster. Right? Me? Spies? You, yeah. Spicy seeds? Yeah. Oh, spice. I thought you said spies. <laughs> like, no. No. Seven. And I was like, wait. No, no. What book am I writing? Yeah. No, no, no. No, okay. no I mean, they're finally getting there. Y'all, this book has been killing me. As we know, these characters are difficult. And part of that is that they're not like banging right away and i'm on chapter just for chapter 16 they still haven't <laughs> kissed touched <laughs> like that sounds like a no book i want to i'm all about the slow burns oh actually somebody they did come but separately but not even i'm losing my <laughs> goddamn mind <laughs> johnny's just like evil genius planning in the background But yeah, on that note, and our deadlines to get back to, Brynn and Trisha, thank you so much for coming on. Johnny, thank you for being a lovely co-host and reading the book. My pleasure. <laughs> and to our listeners, see you next week. Bye. Thank you, thank so, you much. so much. Bye, Johnny. Bye. Bye. Bye.